Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue in our examination of the 144th Psalm, a psalm which speaks of the deliverance of the Lord. Wait till you see the last few verses at the end. <laughs> we may get there today. I'm not sure. It's not that long of a psalm, but I guess like repeating the set the context of it to be reminded of some things. We've looked at the first eight verses so far. So allow me to read those first eight verses again, then we'll press on, okay? So here, the 144th Psalm, beginning with verse 1. Blessed be the Lord. My rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues me or subdues my people under me. O Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a mere breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains that they may smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and confuse them. Stretch forth your hands from on high. Rescue me and deliver me out of the great waters, out of the hand of the aliens, whose mouth speak deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. So we see him calling upon the Lord, declaring that the Lord is what? At the very beginning, he says, you're my rock, okay? You are the one who trains me. You're my loving kindness, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, my refuge. This is who you are, God. So please deliver me. Deliver me particularly from those that are speaking falsehood. Now, verse 9, let's pick it up. He says this, I will sing a new song to you, O God, upon a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you. So we spoke about this a few episodes ago. That's the reason I'm thinking that that first verse of training my hands for war and my fingers for battle has a, a very strong inference of worshiping God, of praising God, <clears throat> that when we worship him upon the stringed instrument, when we sing praises to him, that we're doing battle within the heavenly realm. Here, David speaks of a 10-string instrument. And he says, I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to sing a new song to you. And that new song you see throughout the psalm. And folks, I think it's a lot more than just the fact that, hey, I've written a new song here. <laughs> I think it's the fact that, that out of what God is doing and what he has done in our lives, that newness breaks forth, that a new song breaks forth, a new thing is coming forth. And he says, God, I want to sing this to you. Verse 10, he says, uh, well, it's actually a continuation of verse 9, so let me start with 9 again. I will sing a new song to you, O God. Upon a harp of ten strings I will sing praises to you, who gives salvation to kings, who rescues David his servant from the evil sword. So remember, David is the one who wrote this. And so he's saying, God, you are the one that gives salvation to kings. You're the one who rescues David his servant. Okay, speaking of himself in the, the, the in that, is that the third person, I think? And you're the one that rescues me from the evil sword. But now, in verse 11, he calls upon God to continue doing that. He says, Lord, rescue me. 
second time he said this, and deliver me out of the hands of aliens whose mouth speaks deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Have we seen that before? It was the same exact thing that he said in verses 7 and 8. He's driving home this point. And also, remember the Psalms uh, were quite often uh, to be sung, you know? They, they were put to music. And so it, you would reiterate phrases like that in the same way that we do with the song. We'll have verses that will drive the narrative, and then we'll have a chorus, which will be a proclamation. Quite often the same thing after each verse, right? Verse 12, he continues, Let our sons and their youth be as grown-up plants. So let me just tell you what's going on here real quick before I read this. What he's saying is, God, I want you to bless us. And and I want you to bless uh, my leadership. I want you to bless everything that's happening around here. And he describes the various elements of blessing. The first thing is, our sons in their youth be as grown-up plants. May they be mature in that way. May they, may they be producing fruit in the same way their grown-up plant would be. And then he says, and our daughters as corner pillars fashioned as for a palace. So the pillars that you would put on the palace are the, the pillars that would be seen by the public. And for a palace, it would be what kind of pillar? Oh, yeah, a nice showy pillar, right? A beautiful pillar. The corner pillar in particular would be the most ornate and the most beautiful. So he said, may our sons be like that. May our daughters be like that. Also, may our daughters be strong as pillars are. Verse 13. Let our garners be full. And a garner is just a granary where we store grain and stuff. May they be full, furnishing every kind of produce. And our flocks bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. Let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss. Let there be no outcry in our streets. Woe! Does that not speak to us, particularly in the United States today? Uh, at the time of our recording right here is August the 27th, 2020. Some, some crazy things are going on in cities. Uh, evil things that are intended things, it's all being done on purpose, folks. Don't, don't believe that this is just a spontaneous thing. It's done to drive a particular thing, okay? We won't get into that. But what he's saying is here, Lord, bless all this. Let there be no miscarriages or mishaps or anything like that with the cattle. Let there be tremendous abundance of the flocks, thousands and thousands. Let there be no outcry in our streets. And the shouting out, is that not a prayer for us today, a declaration for today? Now, listen to how he closes this psalm with his last verse coming out of that. Let there be no outcry. And that outcry can mean uh, let there be no complaining in our streets. Let there not be a cry of distress in our streets. Um, let there not be any going into exile is what the Lexham says. That's interesting, isn't it? Let there be no going into exile. Now, verse 15 says this. How blessed are the people who are so situated. How blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. The people whose God is the Lord, whose God is Yahweh, are blessed, folks. And if we turn to the Lord and we rest in Him for deliverance, if we turn to Him for rescue, if we call upon Him to bring forth His blessing in the way that it is right here, <coughs> to such a degree that everything is pouring forth in abundance of fruitfulness, and then there will be no outcry of distress in the streets. There will be a blessed, 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 situation. 
I believe this is perhaps something that we need to, as the body of Christ, be crying out to the Lord and saying, Lord, do this for us. Do this for us. Lord, that's my prayer, that you would do this, that there would be no outcry, that we will realize how blessed we are in you and that we will turn to you and that we will be your people and nobody else's. Thank you, Lord. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.